Welcome to the Free Chapel Podcast. Let's get into this week's message. If you have your Bibles, open them up with me for a few moments to John chapter 1. I want to go to John chapter 1. John chapter 1, and I'll begin reading at verse 43. As you're turning there, turning there, Pastor will be back here next Sunday, you know, in the pulpit. He'll be preaching live, and you don't want to miss it. And it's on his heart to actually preach and talk about the times that we're living in. What, what does it mean in, in, in prophetically, and, and, and how is prophecy being fulfilled? And so he's going to be back next week talking about that, and so you don't want to miss that. I encourage you to be here, and we can hear what God has laid on his heart. John chapter 1. The following day, Jesus wanted to go, to go go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethesda, the city of, city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also in the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, and he said to him, behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, I love this, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Before he ever called you, I knew exactly where you were. My mind was already on you. My eyes were already on you. Verse 49, Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Notice there was an attitude change. Verse 50, Jesus answered and said to him, because I said that I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than this. You will see greater things than this. Here's my translation. You ain't seen nothing yet. That's the way I like to say it. I felt good to say it that way. Okay. Verse 51, and he said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, hereafter, you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the son of man. Verse 46, Nathanael said to him, after Philip said, we found the one that Moses the law and the prophets talked about. We found Jesus of Nazareth. Nathaniel's response to Philip was, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? I'm going to use that for a subject or topic if you're taking notes. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? John chapter 1 opens up it's the beginning of Jesus' ministry, as you can see where he's recruiting his disciples. He's come along to several of them, and he said two simple words, follow me. Many of them at that point immediately dropped their nets, dropped what they're doing without any reservation or reluctancy, and immediately began to follow Jesus and become his disciples. If you read throughout all of them that he initially reached out to, it was Nathaniel was the only one that had a bit of different, had a different response. He was not so quick to jump on board. He was not so quick to follow suit. Matter of fact, there's a bit of skepticism if the truth be told. You see it in the statement that he made. He was like, wait a minute, ho, 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 ho. Not gonna be so quick. 
He said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And understand that Nathaniel did not have an issue with Jesus. It wasn't about following Jesus. It wasn't an issue with Jesus. He had heard about the Messiah that was soon to come. He had heard the writings. He had heard the preaching. He had heard the teaching of the old covenant that there would become, there would come one who would be the Messiah, who would be the anointed one, who would be the one that will come and redeem and save uh, the Jewish people. The thing that Nathaniel was hung up on was not Jesus, but it was Jesus of Nazareth. It's the Nazareth that grabbed him. It's the Nazareth that became the snag for Nathaniel. Why do you say that, Javon? Why is that such an important thing? Sometimes we read right over these things, but understand that, that, that Nathaniel was from Galilee. He knew all about Nazareth. You see, Nazareth, it, it was a town of Galilee, a town that the scripture said it seemed to have had the worst reputation of any town in Galilee. It said also that in the Old Testament, you don't even find Nazareth even mentioned as a city. The reputation of Nazareth was one of disgrace and pity, insignificant agricultural wasteland is what one historian said. And the name of Nazareth was not respectable, it wasn't admirable, it wasn't honorable. Anytime Nazareth or Nazarene was spoken, it was, it was a disgust that came with it. It was an isolated city. It didn't take in many visitors and it had the worst cultural habits in Galilee. It had a bad name among, neighbor, among neighboring cities due to the lack of its religious adherence and low morals. Understand the hangup that Nathaniel had was this. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Nazareth is a messed up place. Nazareth is a jacked up place. Nazareth, listen, if you, if you were to be a, a contractor or a builder, it would not be the ideal place to go and start a building project. You would not want to put a community in Nazareth. You would not go there to see any kind of a, a, a building project. It would definitely not vacation. It would be a place that is totally despised and no one wanted to have anything to do with it. But yet the scripture said, come see, Philip said to Nathaniel, Jesus of Nazareth. And the thing that got in his mind was this, how in the world can someone who's so good come out of a place that's so bad? How is it that, that you're talking about the Messiah the Son of God, Jesus Christ, the Anointed One. You mean to tell me he's coming out of a wretched place like that? You, you mean he's coming out of a place that was basically, basically considered a low-class town that is, that is really not able to produce anything? And his hang-up was that Jesus of Nazareth, I don't believe is what he was saying, that something that good can come out of a place that is so bad. In the reality, many of you in this room and under the sound of my voice, 
have looked at situations and circumstances, and if the truth be told, subtly, have you named that thing a Nazareth? Have you looked at it because of maybe the, the, how difficult it may seem, be, seem to be, or may, maybe how hard it appears to be? And because of the way that it looks in the natural, have you concluded that can anything good come out of this Nazareth? Can anything good come out of this crisis that I'm facing? Can anything good come out of this dilemma that I'm in, the situation that I'm dealing with? Pastor Javon, you just don't know what I'm going through in my family. I've never been here before. You don't know what it's like in my business right now. You don't know the pressure that I'm under. You don't know the things that I'm up against. You don't know the things that, that I'm having to go through in life right now. You don't understand. I just don't know if anything good could come out of this. There's no signs around. There's no lights in the air. There's no signals letting me know that somehow, some way, that something good can come out of this. I don't know what your Nazareth is this morning. I don't know if you've come to a place that you've drawn a conclusion and just have kind of settled and said, I guess just this is the way it is. I fasted and I prayed. Seemingly nothing has happened. I've cried myself to sleep and seemingly nothing has happened. I give, I worship, I serve, I attend church, I do all that I know to do to honor God, but it just seems like the more I pray, the worse it gets. The more I, 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 I think God is going to move, it seems like the worse it just gets. But I come to, the, to, to tell you this morning, I got good news because the gospel is good news. And what I want you to see and understand like Nathaniel had to get is I do not care how bad it is. I do not care how jacked up it is. It could look horrible. It could look messed up. It could be tore up from the floor up when I'm come to declare that Jesus Christ can cause good things to come out of your Nazareth. Mm, I'm gonna preach in a minute. Understand that the answer to Nathaniel's question is an emphatic yes. Yes, something can good can come out of this. Yes, God can bring something good out of this situation. I know it doesn't seem like it now. I know it doesn't feel like it now. I know it doesn't look like it now. But I'm here to tell you that our God is faithful and he can bring something good out of your Nazareth. You see, God loves to produce his best in the places we least expect. That's why we can never box him in. That's why we can never dictate, uh, dictate to him how we think things should be done. I'm telling you, we only think of when the scripture says, in a moment that you think not, the Son of God shall appear. We only think of that in terms of returning or the rapture happening. But could it be in any situation, in a moment that you think not, the Son of God could show up in that situation, in that circumstance? The key is, are you expecting? Expecting him to show up. Are you just looking at the problem or are you looking at the possibility that it, oh, come on somebody, this could be the day, this could be the service, this could be the moment, this could be the time that the Son of Man appears and turn this situation around. You got to understand that he makes broken places 
and our stories into the chosen channels to release his glory and show his glory. Our God knows how to take broken pieces and turn them into masterpieces. The scripture said in 1 Corinthians 1.27 that God chooses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise, the weak things of this world to confound that which is strong. God said, I'll work in ways that will blow your mind. I'll do things that don't make sense. You won't be able to wrap your head around what I'm doing. You'll think it's crazy. You'll think it's way out there. But come on, we serve a God that knows how to move in your situation because the next part of that the reason why God operates like that he said when I do it come on the pastor's not going to get credit for it. the church is not going to get credit for it. your boss is not going to get credit for it. your family's not going to get credit for it. the government's not going to get credit for it. ain't nobody going to get credit for it but me I'll do it how I want to do that I get the glory I get the praise I get the honor that's why I work that way it's about your good and it's about my glory. If you believe that, give him a shout of praise and I'll move on. Hmm. Because God can cause good, never grant the temporary permission to be permanent. God knows how to make bad endings become good beginnings. I'm going to say it again. God knows how to make bad endings become good beginnings. Your best season is about to come after your worst season. I'm going to say it. Oh, I don't, I, no, no, I'm not looking around at the world. I'm looking at the word of God. I'm not looking at the things which are seen. I'm looking at the things which are unseen. For the things that are seen are temporary, but the unseen things are eternal. So I don't base, oh my God, my faith on what I see because we walk by faith and not by sight. My focus is on the word of God and what he says. I know the plans that I have for you to give you a hope, to give you a future so I can declare boldly and it takes the person who will let the word hit the womb of their spirit and grab it with faith and say that's me. So I'm going to declare it again that oh my God that your best season is about to come after your worst season. Do you believe it this morning? I said, do you believe it? Do you believe it this morning? I don't care how bad it's been. I don't care how tough it's been. God is still in control. There's coming a turning point. I'm doing more than preaching this morning. I'm declaring the word of God. I'm prophesying over your sin. There's coming a turning point. The Bible said in Daniel chapter 7, they're going to put it up. I love this um, particular text. The Bible said in a vision I was watching and the same horn was making war against the saints. That horn represents the devil, the enemy. And notice this, and prevailing against them. And the scripture says, until, somebody shout until. The Ancient of Days came and judgment was made in favor of the saints of the Most High. And the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. In other words, oh, I'm going to preach right here. 
Daniel said when I saw in the vision he said for a moment did you get it keep that scripture up there the Bible said that the horn was prevailing there was a season the enemy was winning the enemy was in the advantage place the enemy had my back against the wall the enemy had me stuck between a rock and a hard place hell was throwing a party demons was dancing around having fun poking fun at my family our situation and our circumstance but here's the difference that word said prevailing it did not say that he prevailed I just said a mouthful he was prevailing but he didn't prevail in other words for a season it looked like the enemy was winning but the Bible said until the ancient of days there came a turning point there came a divine reversal there came a miraculous breakthrough there came a supernatural turnaround when Jesus came into the situation and I'm here to declare you're coming to a turning point your family's coming to a turning point your children are coming to a turning point. Your business is coming to a turning point. Your health is coming to a turning point. Your career is coming to a turning point. Single person, your loneliness is coming to a turning point. Come on, somebody. He is able to turn the tables. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Hmm. Oh God, oh God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead and shout. I don't care. Go ahead and shout. Go ahead and shout. Go ahead and let the devil know you don't have the last laugh. It's not over until God says it's over. You don't have the last word. It's a fixed fight, devil. And in the end, we win. Matter of fact, we won now because we're seated in heavenly places, victorious in Christ Jesus. I'm waiting on my victory in the spirit to manifest in the natural. Whoop, there it is. Come on, somebody. I said a turning point. I can't get off a, a turning point. I, I was praying this week and I was speaking it over lost family members in my family. I said, you're coming to a turning point. You're not going to stay bound much longer. You're coming to a turning point. You ain't going to stay in that mess much longer. You're coming to a turning point. Sit down. I'm telling you, when you realize that something good can come out of this, you realize that your condition is not your conclusion. I'm going to say it again. Your condition is not your conclusion. Midtown, your condition is not your conclusion. Brazelton, your condition is not your conclusion. Spartanburg, over in my hood, your condition is not your conclusion. Come on, Gwinnett, your condition is not your conclusion. And coming, your condition is not your conclusion. Online audience, your condition is not your conclusion. Free Chapel Gainesville, our condition is not our conclusion. There's more to our story. There's more land to take. There's more territory to conquer. Oh, I got to come. 
Let me just declare it. Alcohol may be your condition. It's not your conclusion. Drugs may be your condition. It's not your conclusion. Oh, bondage may be your condition. It is not your conclusion. Being depressed and oppressed is your condition, but it's not your conclusion. I'm going to go ahead and say it. You might be in here this morning, backslidden, lost, and unsaved, or watching on the line. Your condition is not your conclusion. You will, oh my God, you will come into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ because he loves you and he's for you and he paid a price. Mm. You got to remind the devil when you're going through, he wants to make you think and lie to you. This is it. This is over. You've gone as far as you can go. You've done as much as you can. He is a lie. And the truth ain't in it. Because the Bible said he's the father of lies. In other words, the devil cannot tell the truth if he tried. So everything that comes out of his mouth is a lie. So if he, come on, if he tells you you're not going to make it, oh, I'm going to make it. If he tells you you're never coming out, he just told you you're coming out. If he tells you you'll never have a peace again, he just told you that comfort is coming. If he tells you, oh, you're going to die, you better know you're going to live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Let God be true and every demon a liar. I'm trying to come, man. Something's in my soul. Listen to me. When you're in that period of waiting, until it turns, until the good comes, notice it was until. Listen to what I'm about to say. You have to fight the feelings and stay in faith. The issue is not what you feel, but what you will. You got to get out of feel power and get will power. Feelings, when, see, your feelings is only when you focus on you. They're valid, they're real, they're great indicators, poor dictators. Feelings focus on me, but faith focus on God. See, Noah didn't feel like building the ark, but in holy fear, he built an ark to save his family. Abraham didn't feel like taking Isaac to Moriah, but he rose up early in the morning and set out to the mountain, and there he learned who Jehovah Jireh was. Moses didn't feel like going to Egypt and confronting Pharaoh, but he went in obedience to God's command and delivered an entire nation. Deborah didn't feel like leading Israel as a prophetess, but she took the challenge and led the nation to victory. David didn't feel like facing Goliath in a battle, but he took his little sling and five smooth stone and declare that you come at me with a sword and spear but I come in the name of the Lord Paul didn't feel like preaching at the cost of rejection imprisonment and eventually a martyr's death but he declared I fought the fight I've kept the faith I finished my course and I'm gonna go another further because the garden of Gethsemane proves to us that Jesus in his humanity 
didn't like, didn't feel like going to the cross. But for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. He saw you, he saw me, he saw us, and he saw we. And he kept going to pay the price that you and I could have eternal life. And because he got up, you can get up. Because he came out, you can come out. Because he reigns, you reigns. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Absolutely yes. Listen to me. You got to realize this. In times of uncertainty, we must be certain of the character of God and the integrity of his word. Notice what I said. In times of uncertainty, we must be certain of the character of God and the integrity of his word. God does not change, and his word does not change. God is not a liar, and his word does not lie. So no matter what I'm facing, sometimes I think we think the scriptures vacillate or change or morph to our situation and circumstance. But the word is the word all the time. Forever is the word of God settled in heaven. And what God settles in heaven, no devil, no demon, no situation or circumstance, and no man on earth cannot unsettle it. You see, Jesus changed the reputation of Nazareth. Are you with me? The Bible said this. I love it. I'm going to give you this quickly. He changed the entire reputation of Nazareth. It was in Nazareth. Listen, is where he was raised. It was in Nazareth. When I meant raised, raised up as a child. It was in Nazareth where, where he, he taught in the synagogues. It was in Nazareth where the scripture said that he increased in wisdom and stature and divine favor. Listen to me. It was in Nazareth that, that they began on the lips, I love this, of crowds, demons, angels, that they begin to declare he's Jesus of Nazareth. What do you mean? In Mark chapter 1, demon spirits began to recognize that he was Jesus of Nazareth. In Mark chapter 10, the sick people, the Bible said when they heard that it was Jesus, uh, he began to cry out and say, Son of David, have mercy on me. And he was healed. The apostles ministered in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. The Bible said Peter and John looked at a paralytic and he said, Rise up in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Oh, it was Jesus of Nazareth in Acts chapter 10. The Bible said how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost who did good, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Can I give you one more in Acts chapter 22 verse 8? Paul's giving testimony to the Roman council and he stands up and declare. He said, and he said to me, I am Jesus of Nazareth. What am I trying to tell you? Watch this, Jesus of Nazareth. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Yes. Deliverance can come out of Nazareth. Healing can come out of Nazareth. Miracles can come out of Nazareth. Power can come out of Nazareth. And sin to salvation can come out of Nazareth because he changed the reputation. 
Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that God, we read it all the time, they're going to put it up, and we know that all things work together for the good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to the purpose. And we know, you got to know this, but let me say this. All things don't work together for all people. I can just do what I want to do and everything just going to work out fine. I don't have to. That's not what that says. Those who love God. Because if you truly love him, you ain't going to do what you want to do all the time. You're going to do what he wants you to do. Not my will, but thy will be done. To those who are the called according to his purpose. So you can't live like hell and expect heaven. Oh. You can't skip obedience and think you're going to be blessed. All right. Don't start throwing tomatoes. But he said, and when all work together, but here's what I'll show you. Notice that between the all things and the good, it's an indication of a passage of time. And it's in the passage of time that God is working. Hear me what I'm about to say. You got to trust his working while you are waiting. You got to trust his working that he's working it together for your good. I got to trust his working while I'm waiting. It's hard when you have to wait. It's tough when you got to wait. We're naturally impatient. We want it now, now, now. But you got to trust that he's working even when I don't see it. He's working. Come on. He's a way maker. He's a promise keeper. He's a light in the darkness. That is who he is. He's working while you're waiting. Now watch this. I want to show you this little thing because life can be. And welcome uh, to the kitchen of Chef Boyar Ruff. <laughs> Chef Boyar Ruff. That's how you, that's how you, it's the proper way to say it. Bararuf. <laughs> Don't get it twisted. I can get down. But anyway, I thought about this. A master chef, great cook. It always amazes me. I like watching some of those, those cooking shows and things like that. But some of the stuff they use cracks me up. I'm like, why would you put that in there? I mean, but isn't it amazing that you think that in order to make something taste good, watch this, that everything that goes in it is good. Because if we were to bake a cake here, I'm not going to sit around and eat flour. That ain't good. You know, if I'm feeling rocky-ish every now and then, I might take some raw eggs, but I'll never feel rocky-ish. But anyway. But then we have some milk. I don't mind drinking a little milk, huh? As long as it's almond. But anyway. But then we have some sugar. Sweet things. Good things. But what I need you to see is that 
A master chef knows how to take all different ingredients. He knows how to take the ingredient of my cracked eggs in life, where things were just cracking and seemingly falling apart. Whoops, don't go in there. I knew that. I was just going to see if you saw it. But anyway, um, he knows how to take the salty things. Ever got salt in a wound and been burnt by somebody? Mm, the burning of salt. And then there's some vanilla extract. Has life ever felt like it was just extracting things from you? <laughs> Taking peace from you? Taking joy from you? Taking life from you? Taking health from you? Yeah, a little bit of that. And this butter right here, butter. Oh, imagine this was once hot and now it's all liquid and melty and running. I used to be stable at one time, but now I'm just kind of loose living, running all over the place. No stability whatsoever, but I'll use some of that. And then I'll top it off with this because this is life is good. The marriage is good. The finances is good. The health is good. The kids are good. And you throw all that in there. But, 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 and then that don't look good at all. That looks like a mess because life looks messy sometimes. It's part of it. And then if that wasn't enough that it's all messy and now things are just running together, my schedules are running together, time's running together, seem like I don't have a whole lot of that. But then, it, you, you know, you just, a master chef said, now I got to start mixing this stuff up. Maybe I got to start beating it a little bit. Have you ever felt like life was just beating you down? One thing after another. Just when you get this done, here comes something else. Just beating, beating, beating. And then sometimes you got to start stirring. I know this is a whisker. Somebody say, you use that to whisk. Well, I know what I'm doing. But I know this is a whisk, but I'm, just, just follow along. I'm my pastor, it's my sermon. I can preach it like I want to. That's what he said. But, but notice, I'm just spinning because sometimes life feels like you're just going in circles. It's just monotonous. Round and round and round and round, but making no progress. You get the point. But, but you know that that's not it. Because even when things are mixed up and things have been broken and things have been beaten and things have been spun around, the chef knows that he's got the end result in mind. And if he hadn't gone through enough, now I've got to take you and put you in the oven. Count it not strange when you fall into a fiery trial, Peter said. He knows he's got to put you in the oven, but... See, the thing is, some of us think the devil has the heat on. But I'm going to tell you, God has the heat on. Because a master chef understands he's going to put you in the fire, but his hand is on the thermostat. He knows, mm, he knows the right temperature to set it. He knows how hot to, to set the fire and the temperature to get out of you what he needs to get out of you.
That's why he said, you have not been tempted or tried above that which you are able. God says, I know your capacity before I ever put you in the fire. You don't think you can take it. You don't think you can go through it. You don't think you're going to make it. But you got more capacity than you think. I didn't say it was going to be easy. I didn't say it was going to be hard. But you have a greater capacity that you think. And when he puts you in the fire... That's when things start rising. That's when things start coming up. When you're in the fire, your prayer life starts coming up. When you're in the fire, your worship life starts coming up. When you're in the fire, the word life starts coming up. When you're in the fire, things that were in you start coming out of you. They start developing potential that's lie dormant, giftings that's lie dormant. But he puts you in the fire to get up out of you what he put down inside of you, which would never come out of you had he not put the fire on you. See, here's the problem. All along, this is what the master chef had in mind. All along, this is what he had in mind. See, you didn't see this. You just saw your eggs cracking. You just saw that bitter flour. You just saw that liquid butter. But this is what the master chef had in mind all the time. I see your marriage like this. I see your family like this. I see your children like this. I see your future, your business, your business like this. But here's the problem. You don't get the blessing without the breaking, without the baking, without the beating. It has to go through here to get to here. You can't just jump over here. But what I'm here to encourage you, because when you look at all this, you're like, can anything good come out of this? I want to remind you, yes. This is going to come out of all this. This is going to come out of all this. And when God begins to give you your turning point, and when God begins to flip this thing around, when you start coming out on the other side, when you come out of the fire, the Bible said, though he has tried me, I shall come forth as pure gold. When you come out on the other side, you're going to be taste and see that the Lord is good he was good the whole time I went through some bitter situations but he was good I went through some funky stuff but he was good I didn't think I was gonna make it but he's been good God can bring good out of your Nazareth don't you give up don't you stop and don't you quit Thanks for joining us. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps this podcast reach even more people. Free Chapel can now be your home church no matter where you live with Free Chapel Online. Watch weekly messages from wherever you are with your family and friends, join online small groups, volunteer, and more. Plus, there's weekly content for youth and kids. Join today by downloading the Free Chapel app or head over to freechapel.org online. And a special thanks to those who give generously to help us produce weekly content like this to reach the world with the message of Jesus. If you'd like to partner with us, you can give by clicking the link in the description or on our website and app. 
God bless you and we'll see you next week.